Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Is the hate for Jews the new love? Uh, certainly people like me seeing a level of anti-Semitism that takes my breath away. I know that Mike Abel very much in the, a similar position. Uh, he's been observing what has been going on over the last couple of weeks so with uh, some, um, to use, to put words in your mouth, Mike, maybe horror. Maybe incredulity, if, uh, if, if, we, if we can try and say that word this time of the morning. Mike Abel, <laughs> Executive Chairman of M and C Sachi Abel, Abel Group. Good, how are you doing? Good morning, Howard, and good morning to your listeners. I'm doing a little bit better thanks to our brilliant box win on Saturday night. So I think that that lifted my spirits did, substantially in. <laughs> In otherwise quite dark times, yes. Yeah. So, of, of course, lots of listeners weighing in and saying the one thing that really irked them was seeing Cyril Maposa there. But I actually don't want to go there. Uh, that's a whole different discussion. I want to talk about what we're seeing unfolding and how it seems to be okay to be anti-Semitic at the moment. And it, it it's almost as though the damn wall has burst. Yes. Well, I can't recall a time in history, certainly since the pharaohs, when it hasn't been okay to be anti-Semitic. Um, I think that with social media today, it's just become less covert, less covert and more overt and more in our face. So, um, you know, when you hear about the levels of anti-Semitism, I guess, in you know, enormous cities in the world uh, for a number of reasons. Um, usually the underbelly to all of this is ignorance and greed. And I think that's probably still the most um, believable argument because mm. there's no credible argument for anti-Semitism or for hate. I mean, you know, I grew up in Nelson Mandela Bay, where we weren't allowed to join country clubs in PE because we were Jewish, mm, you mm. know, and uh, we all had that experience, you know. Uh, the same people that were sitting in country clubs in America uh, listening to Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond and Bob Dylan and wearing their Levi's and wearing their Ralph Lauren wouldn't have allowed Bob Dylan or Levi Strauss or uh, Ralph Lauren into their clubs. <laughs> the hypocrisy has always been complete. I think people don't realize that, you know, since the first eyewitness came forward a thousand years after the murder of Jesus, after the crucifixion of Jesus, when we were slaves at the time when Jesus was crucified and the Romans crucified, uh, not, not the Jews, but a thousand years after Jesus was crucified, an eyewitness came forward and told the Pope that the Jews had killed Jesus and it's been open season for anti-Semitism ever since in a profound way. I mean, before that, in the times of the pharaohs, we were simply lowly slaves. And as we know, Queen Isabella of Spain in the 1400s would throw any Jew into a vat of boiling oil um, because she was a very pious and good woman um, who didn't convert to Catholicism. So this is nothing new. Now what you've got behind it is... Billions and billions and billions of dollars of oil money, particularly through places like uh, Iran, who call for our murder, death, destruction every single morning. Um, actually, they do. None of these are my words. This is all complete, mm. cold, uh, historical fact. 
you know, you've got certain news channels uh, that have been peddling an anti-Jewish narrative for uh, decades, and you've got uh, Malaysia who doesn't allow people to try to go to Israel, and they've got millions of bots on um, on social media um, peddling an anti-Semitic narrative. So none of this, Howard, is by, by coincidence. It's all a very, very well-funded and very carefully and cleverly planned strategy of hate. What bothers me or what I find the most difficult to deal with is when you see people who openly hate, and those are the mm. people that are, mm. are happy to scream death to Jews, I'm kind of more comfortable with that. Where I'm, What I'm finding difficult is, particularly here in South Africa, where we've got, and I had a, a, a huge altercation with Max Dupria, for example, who I have respected yeah. greatly over the years. But he, he, yeah. he quotes, he, he retweeted a conspiracy theory about how Israel basically made up some of these murders of children in, in a, a few weeks ago. And he writes, if true, this is very concerning. Now, if true didn't, doesn't distance you from, from sending disinformation to 300,000 followers. It, uh, mm. it, it, it doesn't make it kosher. And I took him on and yeah. he, he was absolutely horrified because he doesn't see himself as an anti-Semite. But it's an inherently anti-Semitic yeah. thing to believe a bizarre conspiracy theorist that just because Israel said it, and of course uh, journalists around the world saw it, but, uh, you know, maybe this wasn't true because those Jews might be lying. He can't see it. His internal view of himself is not of an anti-Semite. That's what I find hard to deal with because he genuinely believes it. And I'm just not saying him, yes. but let's just talk about that as, yes. a, as an example. There are many like him who are good people who don't recognize their own bias. How do we deal with that? Because that's very dangerous. Yes, well, I mean, I think that what a lot of these hate organizations have uh, identified is that liberal movements, liberal parties, NGOs, BLM, I mean, you've even got now queers for Palestine. Mm, so gay, yeah. pe gay, gay people who would be thrown off the rooftops of buildings in Palestine supporting Palestine over a country like Israel that is the only country in the Middle East that would embrace them and allow them to live uh, the normal lives that they are absolutely entitled to be living. So there is a madness, and uh, it's happened on academic campuses. I mean, we've seen in America and around the world how uh, people, young idealistic students, don't see any problem with clean the world of Jews and guess mm. the Jews as being slightly problematic. And so uh, what you've got is a warped sense of if I stand for something. So Assuming I have absolutely no knowledge of Hamas and I don't realize that their stated reason for being themselves is to annihilate the state of Israel and kill every Jew and that they've been the only power in Gaza since 2005. Assuming I ignore those hard historic facts um, and I feel um, okay about the fact that there's an entire lie that Israel is somehow occupying a place that it has no had no people inside for, mm, for mm. 18 years. Okay, let's assume that. Mm. What then makes you disbelieve a person? And it's not just Max Dupria that you're referring to. You're referring to this genocidal organization by their own intent and statement, telling the mass media that the Israel bombed a hospital and killed over 500 people. And the mass media globally, be it CNN, be it BBC, be it SCAR, 
absolutely drank from that cup of poison without doing any fact verification themselves until it transpired that it was a jihadi rocket that actually blew up the hmm. parking lot and not the, hot- the hospital itself. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't say if I said a hotel, I meant a hospital. Hmm. And, um, and maybe now that it's a jihadi rocket, uh, maybe not 500 people have been killed, but maybe closer to 50 because nobody knows the right number anymore. The numbers put forward by the, uh, the uh, Hamas-led uh, health department, so the numbers are meaningless. When people gravitate to something that is a mistruth, an untruth, or not verified, and you're a credible journalist, Howard, you need to ask why. What is it about you, as you say, that affects your self-view, that, that might shake your little virtuous world a little bit to say, why was I so quick to believe that? Of Israelis. And I think that when you talk about Israelis, we might call them Israelis, but when people are chanting gas the Jews in the streets of London and Paris and Poland and Sweden and on the steps of the Sydney Opera House, we realize that it's not so much Israelis, but once again Jews, and Israel just happens to be the Jew of the world. That's Israel's role. It's almost a sanitized form of anti-Semitism. Absolutely. And for a country that gets 35 times more condemnations at the United Nations than any other country in the world. I mean, naughty Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East, gets far more condemnations than Syria or Saudi Arabia or Turkey or Iran, uh, where women are being killed for not wearing a hijab properly. It's just bizarre. I mean, the hypocrisy, uh, you know, there's just no words for it, Howard, and I can only believe that people want to believe this. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but uh, it's a conversation that that we really could have for for some time. Mark Abel, thank you. Fascinating and uh, very, very disturbing indeed.